Limit Break Radio presents The Rogue's Den. With your esteemed host, <laughs> First Lieutenant Kahlo. He's so dreamy. Wait, what? LimitBreakRadio.com Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, denizens of Vanadil, to what is going to be the final Rogue's Den episode for Assaults with my ever paladiny co-host, Velix. Velix, how are you doing today? Doing really good, Kahlo. It's almost over. We're almost there. I know. You are almost out of my hair for good. And then... No, our, I, I'll and, still see you on the forums. And then our interaction will be limited to the very, very rare and inconsequential MSN chats that we almost never have anymore. Things yeah. will be good. Things will be good. So today, of course, we are talking about First Lieutenant and the perks of becoming a captain. But before we get into that, there's a couple of things that, I'm, that I want to cover here. Uh, the first is, as I always mention, and, and, and I think the reason I do, even though it's long gone, is I'm trying to make up for it because I never used to mention it. But Honor Amongst Thieves, Sealed in Blood, the second season of the little story that I do over at thieveshonor.wordpress.com, finished a couple weeks ago, maybe a month by now. Um, check that out. Leave me comments and stuff. Uh, Velix says it's pretty good. Uh, some other people say it's pretty good. I'm sure some of the uh, Starbreakers here uh, read it occasionally. You guys think it's any good? Now nah, we'll come back to that. They're like two minutes. They're probably like five minutes minus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, uh, check that out for me. Leave some comments and whatnot. Um, also, another thing that I wanted to talk about too. Now that this is the last episode for the Assaults Rogues Den, what's coming up next? The next sort of little series of Rogues Den is actually going to be revolving around crafting. You know, looking at things like cooking, cloth craft, bone craft, all of those. We're actually going to dedicate each episode to explaining to you. Because because the Rogues Den is a little bit different to Limit Break Radio. Limit Break Radio takes the topic and then sort of gives you an overall broad view and tries to educate you on the topic so that you have what you need going into it to learn right whereas in the rogues den we take a topic and we don't just tell you about it we assume you already know about the topic and we tell you how to get it done so what these crafting episodes are going to do is we are going to tell you how to get your crafting from zero to 100 we're not going to touch every single recipe we're only going to touch the ones that are necessary to level you as quick as possible so i actually do not have any guest lined up for that the first person to say gamer i'm going to come to your house i am going to use faint on you we'll <laughs> find someone to sleep you then we'll use sneak attack trick attack put velix in front of me assassin's charge and i will Ooh, that's gonna be one hell of a dancing edge i tell you what oh i'm all jittery now just thinking about it. i need time to calm down so anyway we need someone who's going to be able to appear on all the crafting episodes so obviously Unfortunately, that cuts out quite a few people because you do need to be experienced. Um, I'm going to actually require you to have at least one level 100 craft, uh, a bunch of subcrafts, know what you're talking about. You have to have a free open schedule. And uh, this, is this, uh, this isn't just going to be picking out of a hat. This isn't just going to be picking out of a hat. What I would like you to do if you're interested in the position, you may submit applications either in our applications forum. You can email it to me, kahlo at limitbreakradio.com. You can send PMs to me. But what I would like is... A nice-sized paragraph, I'm going to say, how many words, Felix? Pick a word number, a word count. Word number? Uh, yeah. 500. 700, you think? Oh, 500, that's actually kind of... 600. Yeah, let's, let's, like, quite a bit. Because they're going to have to need to be concise, too, because Rogue's Den's are very short episodes, so they you have are. to be able to nail it out. They are. Hmm. Not really sure how many words 500 would be the equivalent to. Anyway, I want you, in your application, to tell me exactly why you think you should be the one to come on the rogues den and just little short sentences types things sorry that's not gonna get you in you know as Velix says rogues den are very short we're concise we're to the point so uh make sure that uh you know if you really want the job then i think you'll uh, you'll do just fine in applying to be on the show so <laughs> tar- i love how far tar- they are like, gamer <laughs> what <laughs> oh yeah definitely definitely so, um, Tower Dragoon, my bone crafting is at 70-something, I believe. You can check ffxih.com for exactly what it is. They started working on leather crafting, too, so that's halfway up there. But, huh, yeah. Like 
my cooking is at 100 and currently being deleveled because I think cooking sucks. Yep. So so crafting episode, uh, you have to know a lot. You have to be good on good on air. Like Velix, he's a real funny fellow. You know, you can't be boring. <laughs> you can't be sluggish. You can't be like gamer. Yeah. You actually have to, well, because you said that they have to actually have an open schedule and be able to show up. So yeah, that's done. true. That's true. He is in fact done. So yeah, that's uh, that's what you can expect uh, next for the rogues den so moving on let's get into what we came to talk about shall we we are looking at first lieutenant and as always velix is going to tell us how to get promoted from second lieutenant to first lieutenant and i tell you what this is epic this is oh it is so epic you need like a good three hours to devote to this one quest that's right velix take it away all right, again, we're going to start by going to Salahim's Sentinel office. This time, you're going to need a grand total of five Imperial Gold pieces to trade to Abquaba after watching the first cutscene. You'll get another cutscene, and um, we haven't mentioned how you actually get... Uh, we, we missed that. I wanted to talk about that, but we, there's very interesting ways about how you travel in Oregon. Let's leave it at that. Um, you're going to get more minigames here. This time, there are three minigames. It starts off with a basically find the spy game. This is known as counter-espionage. Basically, after you start this one, there are a, there is a Keykern who is hiding amongst 12 humes. Now, you might look at that and think, well, that's obvious. The Keykern is the one who is, like, knee-height and has ears, pointed ears. But he's actually disguised as a hume. So he looks exactly like all the other humes, and you have to basically isolate the humes into groups to try to figure out which one is the Keykern. So, like... You can isolate by a group of four NPCs, so you could do four, then eight, then 12 to find out kind of where a general location of the Keykern would be. Or you can isolate into pairs to try to find out which one has a chance of being the Keykern. When you're examining a group of four, you have two possible answers. There's nothing wrong with any of them. That means that they're fine, none of them are the Keykern. Or there is something wrong with one, two, or four of them. When examining a pair, you will receive two possible answers. There's nothing wrong with both of them. That means both are humes. There's something wrong with both of them. That means both are keykerns. Or there is something wrong with either one of them, meaning one is a hume and one is a keykern. Basically, you're trying to narrow down. It's kind of like treasure caskets, except you don't have the, you can't examine the lock. You just have to guess a number and then do less than or greater than sort of thing. The best way to start this is basically by using your isolation set, which is to do four NPCs and check groups of four to kind of narrow down where the keykern hiding amongst the humes is once you kind of figured out that you know maybe there's a keykern in group five and eight so there's there's somewhere in there you can use your pairing to check to see which one is the keykern so if let's say you did group five to eight and it said that there was a keykern in there somewhere and then you did your isolation pair and you checked between five and six and it says one of them is a keykern and then you say, okay, so five or six is a keykern. Then you can use another isolation pair on six and seven. And if one of them is a keykern, that means that six is probably your keykern. I know it makes no sense. And like, <laughs> even if you read it on the wiki, it makes no sense. But when you actually get there and you're looking at it and you're doing it, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's not too hard. Now, uh, if you fail to deduct the keykern in any one round, you'll be given a second chance. If you fail again, though, you'll have to repeat all three rounds again, and you will have to wait to the next Von Deal day to start over. You get two tries per Vanadiel day. Now, as with all promotion minigames, if you if it looks like you're going to fail, just I don't know, maybe accidentally disconnect and try again. Accidentally uh, hit control alt and delete. Right. Yeah. After passing all three levels, you must wait until the next Vanadiel day to move on to the next task. That's right, that wasn't it. After you pass all three levels of playing James Bond's espionage, it's time to move on to the next task, which is Cypher. You will speak to Abkuba to continue and or read the manual from him if you choose. The manual of words is the same for everyone. Um, I'm not going to go through what they are. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you to memorize <laughs> it. I'm going to tell you to open up and write down or print off the list from the wiki, but it's basically very easily. Or it's basically very easy. Uh, when you speak to him and to go to the training grounds, you'll be asked a series of questions in Kikrin speak, in which you must answer in Kikrin speak as well the correct answers, which are shown in green. For example, Rangalots will ask you, you like instructor? To which you must reply, 
Yes, I like instructor. Falzum will ask you. Yes, instructor. Velix, what food you like? I like Sutlak. Yasmiel will say, I like Cadet Falzum. Which cadet you like? To which you must reply, I like Yasmiel. And then the last one will ask you, what drink you like now? And you say, I like coffee. Now, all of these are in Kikrin Speak. So what you have to do is, for example, yes, I like instructor. Well, let's see what one is instructor. Oh, Kilchi God. is instructor. <laughs> so you would know that by looking at the guide and seeing that Kilchi means instructor. So you basically have to sit there and actually decode what each of the basically things mean. So it's, it's really not too hard uh, if you have the list out and you're looking at it. Really easy to look at, really easy to do. Uh, and after completing this task, you will again need to wait to the next Vanadil day to continue. But once you are ready, speak to Ebkuba again for the, play the epic most epic, part. epic game ever to come from Final Fantasy XI. This is BCG. BCG. Th- this is BCG. This is Beetle, Crab, Ghost. I thought it was is, Big Cobra Golka. Well, that's when I'm on Dancer. But um, Beetle is Rock. Crab is scissors. Ghost is paper. Yes, this is rock, paper, scissors, but it is beetle, crab, ghost. Basically, you're going to play a whole bunch of games of BCG. Um, But this isn't regular BCG. You actually have a practice where you can kind of practice your BCG skills. This is explosive BCG. You are playing for life and limb of, you know, you're going to be destroyed if you lose this. You're playing for keeps. You're playing for keeps. You're playing with giant bombs behind you that will explode if you lose. This is for real real, not for play play. Yeah, yeah, this is real. Um, Basically, after you you watch through and a whole bunch of NPCs will go through, and it's even described as epic battles, you will have your turn to fight. First up, you will fight Abkuba. Basically, the way you'll tell what everybody does is based on little hints. Sometimes it'll be emotes they do, sometimes it'll be things they say, or sometimes it's just based on the patterns that they already have set up. Uh, first, you'll fight Abkuba. He repeats his first three calls as a pattern, i.e. if his first three are crab, beetle, then ghost, then the next three will be crab, beetle, and ghost. So then you can counteract that using your whole rock, paper, scissors, massive knowledge here um, to win that battle. Since he uses each call once, there's no reason to lose more than the first round. Uh, choose your second call to either beat or tie what he says. So if he chooses crab first, then you want to do ghost next. Because the worst thing that happens is he also chooses ghost and then you just tie. But if he chooses beetle, then it's rock, so you win. Uh, you each begin with seven explosive hit points and Abko begins with four. Once you've basically blown him to hell, he, you move on. Next, you will face the ugrid Fubrahan tandem which one of them i can't remember who the one is but the other one is the dude you buy imperial coins from uh the strategy is to carefully monitor their emotes before the bout plan one will be if they nod then it's beetle if they laugh it's ghost and if it's psych it's crab plan two is if they nod it's crab if they laugh it's beetle if it's if they psych it's ghost just look at the wiki instead of trying to remember all this because it's so much easier Every two to three explosive hit points they lose, they will switch plans. When they get when they are one point away from losing, or wait, when they are one point away from doing so, they will mention that they need a new plan. Uh, even if you don't know which plan they are using, there is no reason to lose to ever lose a round. Simply pick the monster that matches their emote for plan one, and you are assured to either win or tie. So if they nod, just you know pick whatever will beat Beetle. That way, the worst that happens is you tie. Uh, both opponents begin with seven explosive hit points. Once you've beaten them, you move on to the final battle, the final countdown. This is what all of assaults has been leading to. That's right, the master himself, the drill sergeant. Wrong a lot, which for people who are iron rams, yeah. Um, he uses a different pattern every time, but it's basically the same idea. He will repeat the same monster every other battle. And the other rounds are alternate. Mm-hmm. If Rondelance falls before, below four explosive hit points, he will cure himself back up to four. Therefore, once he's down to four, you must tie him for exactly three rounds to win. When you tie, basically the bomb behind you will get bigger. It's like they're holding up their own explosion because nobody won, so one can't explode. So they're getting bigger and bigger. So if you're, if you're bored, you could actually keep tying NPCs all the way up until you can one-shot them with one win. But... Uh, you're going to have to do that in this. So basically what it means as his pattern is, if he starts with crab and you say you lose, and then he does beetle and 
say you win that and then he does ghost and then he does beetle again so he every other one will be alternate he could start out with like doing ghost and then first one will be ghost second one will be beetle third one will be ghost and then crab then ghost then whatever and just continuing or it could start out with crab then beetle then ghost then beetle then so on once that's done um you will fight not you will fight koja salahim will challenge you to a one round sudden death match apparently she only uses crab so use beetle for an easy win and after that congratulations you are now first lieutenant you are almost the very top that's right after all of that now we get to talk about assaults after after all of that now you wait until 1500 to 1700 and talk to Abkwa to get your final cutscene that's right so <laughs> just to annoy you right at the end because you've yep. been waiting like an, you've done hours of cutscenes and then it's like zero Benadil time and you have to wait another hour yep <laughs> now the good news is the assaults in first lieutenant are aren't quirky there aren't like you know weird tactics and strategies like the other ones it's basically each one is there's this big badass notorious monster that you have to take six of your friends in and kill before he wipes the floor with you and they're all basically like that well, there's, they vary, but well, they vary from hard to destroy you, basically. Um, yes. <laughs> it's not fun. Yep, <laughs> well, so, it is fun, but yeah. <laughs> uh, we're I gonna enjoyed s- it <laughs> Yep, we're going to start with Bloody Rondo, which of course takes place in the Algem Sanctum, the description of which says, After years of quietly defying Imperial rule, the recluse Count Dracula has recently begun preparations for an assault on Al-Zabi. Infiltrate the Algem Sanctum, locate the Count, and slay him before he can execute his plans. So you are basically going up against Count Dracula, who is a vampire type monster. The only other other the only other type of monsters you have to worry about <clears throat> is going to be cloned copies of your party called the Cursed Doppelganger. Now, to go through a couple of the TP moves that Count Dracula uses, there is Nocturnal Servitude, which is a conal charm that turns the targets into bats. The bats can be bound, they can also be slept with any type of light based sleep. It's best to use AoE Sleep Horde Lullaby to get rid of shadows in case it's a ninja, or if you have a paladin ninja, or whatever it is. There's uh, yep, Wings of Gehenna, which is AoE damage, removes shadows and causes knockback and stun. Decalation, which is physical damage. Blood Rake, which is a single target, large HP drain absorbed by three shadows, can be anticipated by Segan and Third Eye. Helio Void is AoE status effect drain and takes one buff from all people affected. Eternal Damnation is a Gaze Doom effect. So have your back turned if he's facing you, makes this move have no effect on you, and also bring lots of Holy Waters and have Kursna Macro Deer Tank. There's also Nosferatu's Kiss, which is an AoE drain for around 300 damage. Uh, it's also a TP drain, and this is what spawns a Cursed Doppelganger, which is a copy of the player with the most hate. Will retain gear and any buffs, Shadow Protect Shell food, and will increase slightly in power. For example... A doppelganger summoner apparently gained double attack. So a few things to note. Uh, a lot of people, what they do is use a kiting strategy on Count Dracula here. So rangers, anything that casts spells, of course, are very good. Uh, obviously, one of the benefits to kiting is you don't have to worry about the gaze doom effect. Obviously, bring holy waters. Anyhow, uh, the cursed doppelgangers are, as far as HP and defense go, they're pretty weak. So if one pops, burn it down really quick. Get back on the count and just kite him around and whittle him down. Do you have anything to add to that, Felix? Um, when I did this, we we tried to straight tank him, which, of course, I was Paladin Warrior, which worked pretty well for a while, but then we kind of started running out of MP. And actually, what I found was um, when you enter the area and you run forward and there's Count Dracula there, to the right and a little bit past Count Dracula, there are three basically support columns that are holding up the cave those are very good to kite around because he stays on the outside of those which means you can use the terrain to your advantage to keep him from catching up to you so that's a very good place to kite because you can just run around in circles as your party takes him down that's right and uh Starbreakers here, Tarjagoon are uh, laughing about watching a Kalo clone coming after me and uh in the ACP battle, uh, a Kalo clone actually did a Dancing Edge to me for about 1,000 damage, put me down to red, before I did a 1,000 Dancing Edge back to him and dropped him down. And I know I typed 100, but it meant 1,000. 
So, sense. yes. I didn't know they could use weapon skills. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we sure usually can. just, like, nuke dead next. <laughs> and, and they're just as powerful as what they would be if you were to use them. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, at three, four, five, and six members, you get 1,500 assault points, and it's the same throughout the rest of this. Uh, some of the equipment you can get appraised is uh, Vampiric Mitts, which gives strength and dexterity plus three and enhances undead killer effect. If you have the set, then it also effect enhances the effect of Drain and Aspir. This is going to be worn by Black Mage, Dark, and Scholar. The uh, other piece of which is the Vampiric Boots, which, which comes, from another first lieutenant comes from another first lieutenant assault, which we will get to later. Uh, you can also get the Caballero Gauntlets, which is HP plus 28, enhances undead killer effect, and then the HP recovered while healing is plus 2, and the set will increase vitality. Um, and of course, the other one comes from another assault later in First Lieutenant that we'll get to. So next one, Velix, take us through the Suzanu Shuffle. The Suzanu Shuffle. This one is at the Mamaljaw Training Grounds. Uh, in an attempt to strengthen their bonds with the Mamulja, an Eastern, an Eastern nation has provided the Beastmen with a new biologically engineered Hydra hybrid known as an Orochi. You are to infiltrate the training grounds and eliminate this new threat. Um, you get to fight Hydra, basically. Um, it's less powerful than Hydra, of course. It's not named Hydra, but it's Hydra. Um, has moderate HP regen, has draw in. Uh, heads can be cut off, but they do grow back rather quickly. High resistant to dark base magic. Has the TP moves that Hydra has. Bar arrow field, moderate AoE, 250 to 300 damage, ignores shadow, does wind. Um, also inflicts a very strong gravity, uh, damage reduced by bar era. Trembling, moderate AoE, can do up to 1k. I don't know why it's moderate then. Um, absorbed by three shadows, uh, additional effect dispel if not enough shadows are up to take the TP move. Uh, Pyric bulwark, which is of course his physical shield. Polar bulwark, which is his magical shield. He also uses Fyric Blast, which is a fire-based breath attack with Plague Effect, Polar Blast, a nice-based breath attack with Paralyze Effect. And then when he gets down to about 50 or 25%, he can use it at 50. He can wait until he uses it lower. He will use Nerve Gas. Nerve Gas sucks for anybody who's not done Hydra or done Floor 100 Hydra and Nizel. Nerve Gas is like... It comes with 20 damage per tick poison, Super Curse... And, like, White Shadows. It's not fun. It's because everybody's cursed are down to, like, 500, 600 HP each. You have super freaking poison on you. With White Mage's new Asuna abilities and stuff like this, it's probably not that bad because you can get rid of everybody's poison really quickly, really easily. But back in the day when we didn't have all these nice new White Mage things, it was not <laughs> fun. Um, he can also use, basically, Spike Flail, which is called Serpentine Tail, so don't get behind him. Um at some point, he will begin thrashing about it. It'll give an emote that says, you know, Orochi has begun thrashing its tail about when he'll turn around and he'll start attacking you with his tail. This is bad because this means that he can use his spike flail move because you're technically from behind him. Um, and then after a while, he will stop, cease, he will cease to thrash, and then you can go back to fighting him normally. Um, when I did this, I went in with a paladin, a white mage, a red mage, two monks, and I think we had a bard, but... Um, it's basically just your standard affair, stand on a foot, punch him in the head, try to make his uh, heads go away so that he can't use or that he doesn't use his physical shields as much. Uh, keep shadows up if you have shadows. Try to stay back so that you're not getting hit by AoEs if you're a mage. Um, pray it doesn't use nerve gas. When it started thrashing about, it does have draw in, but if you just like run away from it and keep running in the same direction, it will draw you in. And it'll actually draw you in behind it because it was running forward as well. And then you, you're, you keep running and you effectively run in the opposite direction. So it's kind of like run, draw in, run, draw in, and it just keeps going. And you don't really get hit by damage or um, it's Serpentine Flail, which really wasn't that strong. I think I only took like 400 damage from it, but or, I would uh, imagine Taru Black Mages might die. <laughs> yeah, if you just turn away and don't feed it TP, um, then it shouldn't use its uh, Serpentine Tail too much. Wait for the thrashing to cease, and then turn back around and keep whacking away at him. Yes, basically. Yep. Um, that's pretty much what I did. It's it's very easy. It's, it's your standard tank mob, kill mob sort of affair. Um, he's pretty difficult. If he uses Nerve Gas too much, you could probably be in trouble. I think our White Mages had, um, or our White Mage had a vile elixir or something just in case sort of like because you could run really low on mp if he started going nerve gas and you have to curog for everybody and get them back up but um 
we did it pretty well. We didn't need to use the vial, vial elixir. So just if you can sub ninja, you don't have to, but it's, it'll definitely help if you're sub ninja and um, bring a bunch of heavy DDs like monks and samurais and stuff. All right, sweet. And of course, upon beating that with three, four, five, or six members, you get 1,500 points. And I'd also like to point out that Nelia just joined us woo. in the Starbreakers chat. Nelia, woo, everybody's favorite, not lol, red mage, and also yep. black mage, and dancer too. Hi, Nelia. It's good of you to join us. Um, some of the things that you can get appraised from this assault is the vampiric boots, which uh, complete the set to the mitts we told you a minute ago. They give strength plus two, dex plus one, uh, resist to fire, wind, and ice. Uh, 15, and haste plus 1%. Uh, yep. You can also get the Bowman's Lettelsons, which gives resistance to the same three elements I just said, as well as gives accuracy 4, ranged accuracy 4, and with the set, which is a mask you'll get elsewhere, you can increase your ranged attack. Now, I'm going to go ahead and skip ahead and do... The price is right in Devuka Isle staging point. Because, you don't want to do better than one? Well, because I've never I've never done that one. I've done better this one. Better than one's horrible. Yeah, and you're going to get to explain it in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, Devuka Isle staging point, uh, you can do the price is right, where the objective is to assassinate King Goldemar. Intelligence reports that the Diverger King Goldemar is planning the sale of forbidden magic weapons to the area's beastmen factions. You are to locate the king and eliminate him before the deal is made now in theory this actually is one of the easier ones uh what yeah no definitely in theory is one of the easier ones we almost beat this one we had like five percent left maybe 20 i don't remember but in theory (laughs) in no no in theory it's very easy because all you have to do is you start in one room and then there's a small sort of hallway that leads to a bigger open area where the king is he's a diverger type sitting on his throne and you'll notice up above him is uh several weapons there's like staves axes daggers shields rods kind of like what you see floating above uh the various weapons around vanadiel so what you're going to do is and how i would recommend doing it is you're going to have your tank pull uh king goldemar all the way back to the starting room there um and you know just do your whacking away type thing at him uh, a couple things do keep in mind he has twenty thousand hp easily tanked with a ninja using evasion gear it says it's sub job dancer uh, is very helpful He's extremely resistant to debuffs. This includes Dispel. Uh, he's resistant to Dark Knight's stun, uh, well, to sub-Dark Knight stun, uh, but the uh, effects of Headbunt, Frypan, and Temporal Shift can effectively stun him, but the rate of which is very low. He can be gravity, shadowbind, and slowed, does not use drawing, casts various black magic, including Ancient Magic, Sleepka 3, and Tier 3 Gaw spells, and he casts them extremely fast very close to chain spell speed uh the casting speed is increased as he goes down in health some things to note is some um, special moves he has his hell snap which is aoe stun and he uses rate he uses this right before he calls down one of his items so one of the reasons to pull him back to this room is that you are unstunned by the time the items get there he uses hell clap which is a cone attack and potent gravity cackle this is what you have to watch out for cackle is aoe magic attack magic accuracy and magic defense down. Cackle can be the one thing that turns this fight from going really good to really bad because if your tank has magic defense down and then gets hit by a nearly instant cast ancient magic or tier 3 gospel, you're in big trouble. Uh, Thunderous Shriek is AoE damage, 3 to 400, and Terrorize. Uh, this starts his Intimidate ability, which he can intimidate players very, very often, and the lower his HP is, the more it happens. So what's going to happen is he will occasionally use Hell Snap, stuns everybody, and then one of the weapons will start coming into the room. At this point, you're going to want your DDs to break off King Goldemar and go to where the little hallway is to intercept them. The Living Staves, they cast spells, including Tier 3 Goss spells. The Cursed Axe does melee damage and can use Mighty Strikes. Bloody Daggers, melee damage and can use 100 Fists. The constant magic, 100 Fists. Yeah, Constant. It's, it's- going it's oh it's, it's constantly so it's not that they use it they constantly have them um it's, that's effectively attacking at 100 fist speed always. yes uh the magic shields can use shield bash uh does not use regular attacks but it has higher defense and hp um and using frightful roar does lower its defense and then lastly demonic rods they, they don't come in this order these are just the list of them uh the demonic rods casts white mage spells including cure four shell four on 
King Goldemar. So basically, you're just going to keep on killing those as they come. And when they're done, you, you just get to focus on King Goldemar. Now, below 50% HP, he gets three new abilities. The first of which is Necrobane. AoE Paralyze, plus a Curse. Now, the Curse uh, seems to have lower accuracy than the Paralyze, but both debuffs may or may not land. Um, it has been reported that this could be a Gaze Attack. Necro Purge does AoE damage, 1 to 300, and causes Curse. Uh, it has been reported to be absorbable, absorbable by Utsuit Semi Shadows. Uh, and then last, we have Bilge Storm, which is an AoE damage, 1 to 300, with defense down, accuracy down, and attack down. Uh, one more thing that happens is uh, King Goldemar does summon some items right when he is aggroed, but uh, they will hover above and, of course, cannot be intact until they're called down, so keep those in mind. Uh, all of these items can use a move called Dire Whirl, which is minor physical damage, about 100, it's AoE. Uh, it also, uh, stun is effective on all these weapons, including the Blue Mage ones listed below. So, yeah, um, as I said, in theory, this is a very easy fight. Pull him back, kill him, kill weapons as they come. But something like Cackle, Thundaga 3 can really, really, really screw you up bad. Um, Velix, uh, what do you have to say in this fight? Um, this fight, we only ever did it once. We won, We went one from one. Barely. Like, to give you an idea how close it was, at the end of the battle, the white mage was dead. Our red mage was dead. Two of our three DDs were dead. I was dead. We had one samurai left. The mob was at 2%. I re-raised when he was casting Sundaga 3, threw up Rampart, the samurai survived with 2% weapon skilled and we won. <laughs> so nice. Be very, very careful about this. Just it, it's in theory, it's the easiest one, but it will still kick your ass. So don't underestimate it. Basically, mm -hmm. um, you're definitely going to want to intercept the weapons before they get to King Goldmere, especially the rod. You don't want to work on beating them down and then, oh, cure five, cure five. You know, now he's suddenly back up another 2k HP. Um, he was very easy to tank. I'll say that. I did it sub-warrior. I did all of these sub-warriors, so don't think you need ninja sub on Paladin, but that's just because I'm crazy. It made it a lot harder than it needed to be, let's put it that way. Um, he was pretty, really easy to tank. So even if you're sub-nin, you can like not be paying any attention and get attacked a bunch, and you'll still be fine. Yep, definitely. So uh, make sure that anyone with E-Race is on top of getting that magic defense down, taken off as quickly as you can. Obviously, with the uh, implementation of the... Wings of the Goddess armors, the Iron Ram stuff, the magic defense bonus definitely helps tanks out a lot on this fight. But it's the type of fight where you got to go in knowing what you're doing, uh, expecting what you need to expect, and uh, as long as you got a tight-knit group and no one's an idiot, you should be fine. As with all the other ones, three through six members, 1,500 assault points, and some of the cool stuff you can get from it is the Carline Earring, which is Dex 1, Int 1, Conserve MP plus 1, and if combined with the other Carline piece, will increase Charisma as well. You're also looking at Breeder Mufflers, Dex and Int plus 2, Accuracy plus 4, Enmity minus 4, and with the set, increases Pet Defense and Enmity. Um, also keep in mind that each of these set is basically just two items. So Yeah. All right, uh, Velix is going to go ahead and take us through Better Than One now. Better Than One the worst of the first lieutenant assaults. Yeah. So, you thought it was bad? No, it gets worse. Um, a lot worse. <laughs> okay, this one is in Halfung's staging point. Recently, there have been multiple reports of a three-headed beast attacking traders en route to Alzabai. You are to travel to its rumored lair in the Lebros Caverns and slay the monster. Three-headed beast, Cerberus. Basically, you fight Cerberus. He's called Black Shuck, though. Uh, he has about 25,000 HP or so. Um, he uses draw in on whoever has hate, so don't over nuke, don't over cure, let your tank do the tank and stuff, and don't have to worry about that. Um, he has a scorch, a move called Scorching Lash, which is a cone effect damage. Uh, of course, don't point him at your mages. Uh, Ululation, which is 20 foot AoE paralyzed, not very strong effect, but still rather annoying. But again, with all the nice new toys White Mage got, Asuna will help out greatly for this. Um, and Sulfurous Breath is a heavy cone attack fire damage. Again, don't point him at the mob, at the mages. Um, Black Shuck will occasionally howl. He'll do an animation and he'll howl, and you'll hear it if you have sound turned on. Uh, after doing so, he will use one of the following abilities. 
everybody's favorite gates of hades which is massive aoe damage and a huge fire burn effect so if that goes off get the bio off everybody cure them up sort of thing um lava spit aoe fire damage which gives black shuck blaze spikes and they cannot be dispelled i don't maybe you could steal them Kahlo? i don't know but they can't be dispelled um, by the spell no i'm pretty no. sure that uh the the blaze spikes that comes with uh any of the Cerberus type things like this, uh, they aren't dispellable or stealable. You just have to try to go through them. Oh, okay, so yeah, all right, yeah, just uh, they're, they're not. They didn't find them that bad, but I was a paladin. I wasn't really hitting that much. Um, alternatively, he can summon eight Nocris Infernos, which are fire elementals, which means all of your mages will get aggro from casting things, mm-hmm. which is not fun. And, um, and they behave just like normal elementals. So the only thing they will aggro. Is magic. It's casting. Um, it, the Howl is an animation. It occurs at intervals based on the HP percentage when you first aggro it, blah, blah, blah. Approximately every 25% it'll howl. Um, when it does, pray you get Lava Spit. Just because that's the least annoying slash deadly one that you can get. Um, uh, one suggested strategy for dealing with the elementals is to have a mage run by them while casting to gather them together and pull them off of the main fight. Because they can spawn literally all around where you fight him so there really isn't any safe place um that's basically what we did we had what was our setup white mage red mage paladin summoner summoner monk (laughs) and we had the white mage run off and get themselves killed to uh survive everything Mm -hmm. uh the stun effective headbutt works occasionally but not enough to be a reliable gates of hades stun um apparently there was some evasion problems with him at some point but they've fixed that and, of course, since he's an NM and all of these are NMs, they will build fast resistance to everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing to keep in mind, you mentioned the White Mage. not fun. Yeah, you mentioned the White Mage gathering up the elementals and running off and dying. Uh, the best thing to do is if you have a bard, uh, they can cast the Hymnus on themselves. And actually, there's a, the, the best place to position the Black Shuck is uh, the hallway that you start in. If you position him facing that, and then your, your mages would want to be further back in the tunnel. Um, I believe that uh, at that point there are only three elementals that you would have to worry about uh, aggroing your magic. So when they pop, if you have your bard cast Hymnus on him or herself, run and gather them up, run to the opposite side of the area. I believe there's another tunnel down that way. Uh, there's no map for me to check here. But uh, Strath that I was reading earlier says you run them down that hallway, wait for them to kill you, re-raise back up, follow them back out, and um, if you have to, do it again, but hopefully by that time the next howl will come and they'll be gone he, he won't use it again <laughs> exactly so that that's that's basically would be the bard's job is <laughs> dying and re-raising dying and re-raising buff die buff right. die yeah uh, when we did it we didn't actually point him at the um where you come in we ran behind him there's another tunnel that shoots off from behind him and we put the mages in that tunnel and then we tanked him basically where he stood when he spawned i think there was maybe one elemental back there but you had to run through all the other elementals sort of things so you had to get all of them but um it was it was okay we this was another close one i think i tried it three times before i won when we won i was dead the monk was dead the white mage was dead the red mage was dead or two summoners were left one had no MP left, the other one was almost dead, and Leviathan beat him with the Leviathan attack, whatever that is, um, diving swirl thing. Yeah, basically, uh, your your biggest problem here, because he's just like any other Hydra mob, or I'm sorry, any other Cerberus mob, you know, normal Cerberus, uh, the ZNM one, or the, 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 the one in Nizul, just like any of the other ones. So as long as you can get past his normal tactics, the only strategy you really need is how are you going to deal with with the fire elementals. We've given you a few, a few of them here, so hopefully, uh, you know, definitely go to the, the wiki. There, there's tons more. Read up on them. Uh, maybe specialize something towards your setup. But with all that in mind, hopefully you don't have to go oh for too many with this one. And This, uh, this might be the one where a lot of people get stuck, though. Um, it was brought up in the nice little chat thingy here, because uh, I did this before Wings of the Goddess, so I had never really thought about it. Um, Dancer Sub on this one might be pretty good. As long as you let your tank do the tanking and you don't take hate, he doesn't have any AoEs that would be absorbed by shadows. They are all they will go through your shadows. So if you have Dancer Sub and you throw up your Drain Zomba 2, then that could help out with your HP and you can be a little bit more self-sufficient so that way you can stay alive maybe a little bit longer or even erase your own burn effect from Gates of Hades. Mm-hmm. Right, yep. And guess how many assault points you get for 3 through 6 members, Velix? 
Um, I'm going to go with 1500 That's right, 1500 And some of the cool little neat toys you can get from here is the Breeder's Mask, which gives you Accuracy plus 4, Enmity negative 3, Haste plus 1%, as well as Physical Damage, Blaze Spikes effect, and if combined with the other Breeder's stuff, the gloves, you get the increased Pet Defense and Enmity. You can also get to go with your Caballero gloves from earlier. The Shield, which gives Magic Defense bonus plus 2, Enmity plus two, physical damage, blaze spikes effect, and of course, the increased vitality if you have both of them. And uh, you actually get plus ten vitality is the set bonus. Yep. And Which for... Final one. That's right. <clears throat> for our final mission, we are looking at bellerophon's bliss Did i say it bellerophon i've always pronounced it as bellerophon yeah <laughs> bellerophon's bliss which takes place in the arusia toll staging point troll mercenary leader marshall maestro megomac has completed his newest creation the chimera 14x and taken it to the arusia toll for combat testing you are to locate the abomination and exterminate it so basically you are fighting against a chimera so it's going to use all its usual Chimera goodies. Dreadstorm, which is AoE terror, plus damage. Fossilizing Breath, which is a targeted cone attack with petrification. Plague Swipe, backwards cone attack in bio, only used when hate is pulled from behind. Tenebrous Mist, which is a TP reset. Thunder Strike, AoE stun, 600 damage. Torbillion, which is a three-hit physical damage, AoE knockback with defense down. And Fulmination, the powerful AoE Paralyzed Stun, 1 to 700 damage, range of 30. But this is how this fight works, because the little goblin, Martial Maestro Megomac, is actually in there with you, and he rolls a dice occasionally, and that's what determines what TP move Chimera 14X uses. So, there are two ways, two strategies to go about this. There is leaving him alive, and there is leaving him dead. I've heard some stories of people leaving him alive and just getting really lucky and it being absolutely no problem because if he is alive, then when it comes to fulmination, this move can actually be used any time during the fight, even when his HP is above 30%. So he has to roll a certain number to make fulmination happen, all right? So with him alive, there is a chance that he could use it above 30%, but I've also heard that you could get lucky, he won't use it above 30%, and it also reduces the chance that he would use it under 30% as well. However, if the maestro is dead, he won't use it until 30%, but once you're under 30%, he's going to use it quite a bit. So, it, it just if you're going to do the the not the keeping it alive strategy, just pray. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, cuz that's all you're going to be doing at that point cuz if you do the keeping him alive strategy, you might end up getting a little bit too cocky and uh try to go in there and just fight him but then if he does do a fulmination you're screwed i think that almost killing him is a little bit better because then you know what's going to happen and you're just waiting for it and you can prepare for it instead of it just randomly happening <laughs> right right uh mages make sure you're staying at maximum range which uh you're still going to be in fulmination range but um I don't know how long Fulmination takes to cast, but maybe you can run out of it at that point. No, it's nope. like instant. Okay. It's, but the, the strategy that I've heard and used for this is you have like a bard and then or a red mage or something standing 20 feet beyond the mages. So at the very farthest distance you can cast behind the mages and the mages are standing at max distance. So effectively the red mage is 40 feet away from the mob so that he can paralyna a white mage once Fulmination goes off so that the white mage can paralyna everybody else. <laughs> All right, good strat then. So at least one person is then out of range of Fulmination. Uh, another strategy, which I remember hearing way back in the day, I'm not sure if this still works or how it worked before, but I believe the gist of it was having one person take Martial Maestro Mego Megomac all the way back to the beginning where you spawn, taking uh, Chimera as far back into the corner of his room as you can. So Maestro is still alive, but his dice rolls, the commands can't reach Chimera. You ever heard anything I, I like know that? that well we kind of did that we pulled we pulled him away from chimera and, and we were doing a kill strategy though so we pulled him away and they were fighting him and they were killing him and i was tanking um the chimera by myself while i had a white mage with me but we were fighting that and apparently he was doing dice rolls at the beginning we didn't move him from the middle of that we didn't move the chimera from the middle 
And apparently Mega Mac was using dice rolls, but it didn't appear to be having any effect on the Chimera itself. So it still could work, but we didn't really think about giving that a shot. Our plan was always to kill Mega Mac and then fight him from there. <laughs> All right. Well, very, very good. So, again, it's just one of those ones where you have to hope you draw the lucky number and you don't get too many fulminations. Uh, I fought it once, and it was a perfect fight down to 15%, and then he just started spamming fulmination every single move and wiped everybody. I fought him eight times. It was definitely the... This one took the most tries, basically, for me to beat it to get captain rank. Um, When we won... I think it was actually with a pickup group when we won, which was kind of funny. But uh, it we just everything kind of worked out well. We killed Mega Mac. That went fine. We were fighting him. He didn't use Fulmination until about 30%. He got one off. Our Red Mage was out of range. He paralyzed Everybody got paralyzed and then we just zerged him and crushed him. Um, there was, of course, the time when I had a Kraken Eater Dark Knight who got terrorized right after they initiated the Kraken Eater Dark Knightingness. So... It all went to waste, and we lost. That was really a sad day. Owned. Because we, we were sitting there. They were, they were a pickup person because we had five people, and we needed six. And we're like, okay, you know, this is a dark night. We could use a dark night. They're high damage when they hit. And um, they, were, they were standing there, and they sent a tell to the Red Mage about halfway through the fight. And they were like, can I get haste? Because they hadn't been asking for haste, and the Red Mage was out of range. And the Red Mage said, well, okay, because they asked so nicely. They ran up, they hasted them, and they ran back. And then... He was telling, talking to us in Ventral, and he's like, they just asked for haste. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then I see them start swapping gear. I'm like, why are they swapping gear? And then they blinked out, and they blinked back in with a club in hand. And it was just like, oh, my God. And then Dreadstorm went off, and everybody was sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you manage to down Chimera 14X, guess what? You're going to get 1,500 assault points, regardless of who you have in your party. And some possible good appraisals is the Carline Ribbon, which is actually pretty, pretty, pretty good. You get MP plus 30, magic accuracy plus 4, resist stun effect, and of course, if you have the set, you get increased charisma. The Bowman's Mask, dexterity plus 4, ranged accuracy plus 10, uh, enhances resi resist stun effect, and increases ranged attack if you have the set. And that's it. At that point, if you have followed every single Rogue's Den episode, and if you have done every single assault in one each one you can rank up that's right ranking up to captain is a bit different you don't just need 25 of your assault points or assault rank up points or whatever you actually have to do every single assault at least once including winning and finishing at least one nizal isle floor climb and you need to complete Treasures of Ottery missions. Ah, and complete Treasures of Ottery Ergen missions. Thank you. And at that point, if you return to Abkuba and you talk to him, you will rank up to Captain. And what perks await you at Captain rank, Velix? Well, there's actually a little mini game you have to do with. Oh, more mini Captain. games. It's it's a mini game. So you go and you talk to Abkuba and Nadja. Well. Oh, that many, right, that When you get to Captain Rank, you'll find out. That, never mind, I know what you're talking about. That's a good minigame. I remember, I mean, I haven't done it yet. Yeah, when you get to Captain Rank, you'll find out what this minigame is, so... You get some nice personal time with Naja. Yep, she enjoys being needed. So, when this minigame is over, and it's very easy to win, you will be granted Captain Rank, and some of the perks are the ability to purchase Runic Portal Permits for zero... Free. Imperial standing. Now, even though this is essentially free, you still need to manually purchase the key item. Which is annoying. Why didn't they just give us, like, here's a permanent runic pass? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Why didn't you do that? Now I have to talk to the damn Taro every time. Yep. At least it doesn't cost points. You also get free access to the Alzadal Undersea Ruins, so where you would normally have to trade an Imperial copper, silver, silver? yes, silver. some type of piece to an immortal to let you in. You no longer have to do that. And, of course, it unlocks the Arms of Balron quest line for obtaining the mythic weapons. Ooh. Which I'll never get. Um, it also, <laughs> um, there's, I know I always kind of hold my captain status above some of the other people in my link shell just because it's fun. But um, they talk, I talk about how I can get into Alzadal easily. And they say, oh, well, you can already do that because apparently there's a trick where if you don't, like if you don't do salvage and you get a salvage permit, yep. you can get in there free. And well, yeah. Um, also, you can now hold five tags 
assault tags if you have to or if you want to. That's right. So instead of uh, having four per day, if you do it right, you can have five per day. Five per day, yeah. Because basically what happens is the assault tag guy who holds them all for you in the office will now hold a fourth one for you. So that means that if you grabbed one the day before and hold it, you can do five in one day. It also means that if like you're doing nasal climbs or whatever and your group's going with four runs a day because everybody's supposed to grab one, you no longer have to worry about whether you grabbed one or not because it'll automatically be there. Which that's is right. And that's that's it, Felix. That's we're done. We are done. GTFO my rogues then. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but no, for real. Yeah. That's that's it. That's the last of them. That Felix was ca- is- that's that's Fifty assaults later. Yeah, this is gonna be weird. The next time, next time they hear the rogues, then you're not gonna be here. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. That's it's gonna be kind of weird. You know, it's like it's like I think I think some maybe some people don't realize that you're not part of the show. You're just like the guest, and it's gonna be different next time. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of sad in a way. It's it's gonna be different. I'm I'm over. I, I'm, I'm gonna over have to it. pass the torch on to somebody else. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Maybe maybe I'll help you. I'll let you uh, help me decide who that is once we get applications coming in. But um, yeah, this this actually isn't the complete end of Velix though, because now that we have the assaults done, you can actually be looking forward to a Limit Break Radio full show for Nizul Isle, in which Velix will be joining us as the guest to wrap everything up. No, Silver Striker, he should not be a perma host. He should not ever be a perma host. We have a no gulker rule as hosts on this show. I, I don't know if you've noticed, but Humes, Elvins, that's it. That's where we cut the line. I wouldn't mind a Mithra, but no, you can't be an intern either. Damn. Okay, we, we learned our lesson with interns. No more interns. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, send me emails if you want to send me emails. Kahlo at LimitBreakRadio.com. Love letters, too. I like those. Maybe I'll read some on the uh, the crafting episodes that's coming up here at some point. And um, I'm pretty sure that's about it. Do you uh, think that's it? Last episode, Felix. Epic outro. Epic outro. Epic outro? Come on, oh, damn give it. us an epic I mean, outro. Should I start singing again? Well, it's been a blast. We've gone through 50 assaults, for better or worse. Most of them are sh- some of them are pretty easy. Um, it's it's all about knowing what you're doing. Don't screw up. Don't do anything bad. Find friends to do these with, so that way you don't have to keep doing the annoying ones over and over again. I'm Velox, dancing into the sunset. That's right. And the next time you hear me on the Rogues Den, I will be joined by a new face, and we'll be talking about how to power level your crafting 0 to 100. It may not always be as easy as you hope it is, but in the end, I'm sure you'll... Kicking it from the back. See you guys later. Final Fantasy, Tetramaster, and Vonadil are registered trademarks of Square Enix. Square Enix and Play Online are trademarks of Square Enix. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. The Limit Break Radio Network is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Share-Alike United States license. For more information on Creative Commons licenses, visit creativecommons.org.